my drives across the bridge, I remember them distinctly because I cross the bridge every day still yeah. from Oakland to San Francisco, um, were magical. The experience that crossed that bridge, just seeing the skyline, I had big dreams at a young age and I would see the skyline and I always thought to myself, <laughs> I'm gonna do something out here. I'm gonna create something. I'm gonna, something is gonna happen out there. I felt it and I felt like a very magical experience was on the horizon. That was social study owner Harmony Fraga. I'm Jeff, and this is Storied San Francisco. Every week on this podcast, you'll get to know small business owners, bartenders, writers, and San Franciscans from all walks of life as they tell stories, share personal histories, and try to put into words what makes this city so special. Harmony grew up mostly in the East Bay, but from a young age, she had her sights set on doing something big in San Francisco. In this podcast, she describes her early childhood, her teenage years and schools she went to, coming to the city after high school, mostly for live music and raves, and her first jobs here, which eventually led her to owning The Social Study, a day and evening lounge in the Fillmore. Here's Harmony. So I was born um, in Oakland, California, at the Oakland Naval uh, Hospital, which no longer oh, yeah, exists. Right. Both of my parents met in the Navy. So um, soon after um, a short live in Oakland as a baby, we moved to Okinawa, Japan. Okay. So I was there for the first few years of my life. And then we headed back to the Bay Area. So I grew up in the Bay Area, East Bay, excuse me, um, Concord. Do area. you remember Japan? Were you old enough? Did you, you know, become old enough? I have little snippets and lots of pictures. Yeah. Um, but most of it is, you know, relayed to me through stories. Right. Um, and I wish I did remember. I wish we were there for, you know, longer. You were just too older. young. Was so little, yeah. yeah. I was like, I think from two to five or okay. two to four or something like that. So you do remember after that being back in the, like, growing oh, up yeah. in the Bay Area. I'm a Bay Area girl, for yeah. sure, for yes. sure. So my whole existence was mostly in the East Bay, but if you're in the East Bay, you're, you're over here yeah. all the time as well. Right. So I consider this home. Okay. Um, and um, Where, did you say Oakland is where y'all moved back to? That's where I was born, born and then when we moved back, I was actually in the Concord area. Okay, <laughs> so okay, a little more, further out. Yeah, a little further out. I went to high school out that way as well. What was that like? Um, you know, I... As I said, I grew up in Concord and I loved it. It was very diverse. Um, I loved my experience. I, I had a little humble experience, to be honest, a very small apartment with my mom. Mm -hmm. um, and as the years progressed, um, my mother thought it would be best that she um, transfer me, interdistrict transfer at high school, okay. which is very different and challenging. Sure. Not the best time to have a whole new experience, new friends, not knowing anyone. Yeah. Um, and so I that, was that when you're already in high school or just going in? Just time? going just in. Just going in. Okay. Yeah, just going in. But like elementary and middle school, you must have had like a little, probably had friends. Oh, I had tons of friends. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And as I said, very diverse and really yeah. fun. And, and um, it was a great experience. My childhood was awesome. I thought I lived in a castle, but looking back, it's a humble, tiny little apartment. It was great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the the move to the high school was a little shocking, mm -hmm. a little more homogenous than I was used to. Mm -hmm. um, but also, I made the best of it. And um, was that also still in Concord? That was or? in Walnut Creek. In Walnut Creek, okay. Which is not my wheelhouse. Yeah, <laughs> I'll just say it, getting a little more white. Yes. Yeah. As I said, it was a little more homogenous. People yeah. had a lot more money than I was used to. I was the only 
only girl I knew in the school that lived in an apartment, not some sprawling huge home. Right. And uh, um, so it was very different. It was very different. I kind of struggled to find my group. My finally, when I did, it was time to graduate. Right. <laughs> so there you go. Was it one? Of, would you think? Say it's one of those schools that's like considered traditionally like a good school, meaning right. like good performing or whatever. Absolutely. But not good on. Diverse, like literally Absolutely. diversity and, and just like the social experience is probably, I would think, not as good for, well, that's a judgment. but Well, but it's true. And my mom made it very clear that she wanted me to transfer for some of those reasons. She said, you know, you were going to transfer you because I don't want you to get pregnant and join a gang. <laughs> Man. So that, uh, there you mom. go. I said, okay, well, you know, and the education yeah. apparently was going to be better and all yeah. those things. So she did it with the best of intentions, but it definitely wasn't for me. Yeah. And I made the best of it. Yeah. Um, but suburban life out there was getting more and more heavy for me. It wasn't necessarily um, where I felt the most comfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, and that became, as I got older and older, it became more and more clear that this was really not where my heart was. Right. Uh, I like to visit suburbia, but it's really not where I've been drawn to creatively and otherwise I hear you I'm I'm the same way I'm from from suburbia so but you during high school and probably earlier like you said being of the bay like you come to the city so oh yeah my drives across the bridge I remember them distinctly because I crossed the bridge every day still from Oakland to San Francisco um, were magical the experience that crossed that bridge just seeing the skyline I had big dreams at a young age and I would see the skyline and I always thought to myself (laughs) I'm going to do something out here. I'm going to create something. I'm going to, something is going to happen out there. I felt it and I felt like a very magical experience was on the horizon. Fuck, um, that's awesome. So, and n- now it's funny because I cross the bridge every day and I see the skyline with the same awe of beauty, but lacking the, um, <laughs> lacking the excitement because now I have so many responsibilities. Now it's but real. I'm like, oh God, I got to go to work. You know? <laughs> right, but right, still, right. it's still, I, I, I make it a point to recall that magic of my childhood crossing the bridge and, and feeling that I'm going to do something out there yeah. kind of feeling. Was it a specific dream or was it like you said, like you're just like, I'm going to be there and I'm going to do something? It wasn't a specific dream. It was just the symbolic nature of that skyline and what it represented in contrast to where I had been living my life was again suburbia it was the symbolic nature of like things are happening out there there's diversity there's culture there's art there's music there's things out there and I'm supposed to be in that and I'm gonna do something out there I, or I want to right you know um, of, of those um, things culture music art what kind of things were you specifically drawn to as like maybe like a teenager and, and just starting to graduate so when I graduated high school, I got into the rave scene pretty heavy. As I was always into music, some, all different types yeah. of music. Yeah. Always. Like Bieber um, culture, all oh, that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> Bieber, did you say Leet, Bieber? Leet speak and all that? Uh-huh. Or maybe you be I mean, I grew up that. with Prince, Madonna, Michael Jackson, the pop trifecta. So yes. I, you know, growing up performing in my bedroom and thinking oh, yeah. I'm like Madonna and all these things. Oh, yeah. And uh, thinking I'm going to be a famous pop star, which is still yeah. <laughs> in the back of my head. Like, yeah. You know, just so those performers are amazing. You do have a musical name. I mean, yes, we'll talk about right? That. I know what Music's happened. In your vein. Ah. It's yeah. in my next life. I'm coming back. Okay. Um, <laughs> as a performer. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. Wait, no. maybe, maybe what kind of um, venues or scenes and stuff were, were you coming? I was drawn to so many different types of music. I mean, you know, at that time it was grunge and and. I mean, I liked crappy, like, Poison and Bon Jovi, and as I said, Madonna and Prince, and then going into Pearl Jam and Nirvana and all that, and then um, 
I had a boyfriend that was into ska and punk and like so I went all over the place nice. finally landing on electronic music for a while okay. and getting into the rave scene don't remember some of those years but yeah right <laughs> what I do remember was really amazing as well yeah. uh, you survived them that's the I, important I thing I'm here yeah. I'm a totally evolved person because of it um, <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I kind of wove in and out of many different sort of scenes um, and enjoying everyone, you know, along the way. What the city offered and the Bay Area offered at that point was really magical. The Warfield, the venue, all the different venues, um, it was a little different. There were a lot of more underground offerings at that time, so that was cool to experience. Do you remember some of the places? Like, did, did they have names? You mentioned the Warfield, but like, at any other... Um, oh my gosh, I'm forgetting Berkeley, oh, Berkeley Square. Like, there were a lot of things in Berkeley that we used to go to. I'm trying okay. to think of all the names. But That's definitely all right. the the rave scene were just more like warehouses and yeah. underground parties. Yeah, south of Market Dogpatch area, kind of a lot of that, or mm, not more familiar. I think with like Berkeley at that point, and then oh, okay. progressing more over here for like more of the venues, the Fillmore, the Warfield, the yeah, all that. But Ninety Four Gilman. Yes. Yeah. yeah I've been there. Yeah. 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 See. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> yeah, little bit. it's been like twenty plus years, so it's kind of like right. fading with time. But yeah. So you're so now you've graduated from high school. Did you? <laughs> no, did I'm still in high school. Okay. <laughs> um, but you, I think you you mentioned like it kind of took you a while to adjust to that new school, and right when you're like first starting to get friends and feeling a little bit more at home, then then you're like, boom, now you're gone. You yeah. graduated. Yeah. What did you do after graduation? Um, after graduation, um, I kind of, I got really deep into that rave scene. Okay. I was promoting for a, oh. a particular group at the time um, for a lot of underground music parties mm -hmm. for at least five years or so. Okay. Um, simultaneously working at a veterinary hospital. Oh. Um, <laughs> I loved, I love animals. I wanted to be a veterinarian. Um, so I was doing that for a while. Okay. Um, Still and living in the East Bay? Still or? living in the East Bay. Yeah. What brought me here was a job. Okay. Um, I probably would have made my way eventually, but I worked at a restaurant um, for a while that had closed. Okay. It was called Max's Opera Cafe and in I, Walnut Creek. <laughs> and I think that's actually part... We're, we're going to now converge with a little bit of Morgan's story, because that's how oh, you yeah. and Morgan, Morgan met. And Am I, I right? Not at that Max's, not that one, but at this, this one. This yeah. one, right. Mm -hmm. Okay, so the one in, in over in the East Bay closed... It closed, and it was an opera cafe. There was an opera house next door. The waiters and waitresses would sing, and I wanted another kind of gig, so I got a job as a hostess okay. and um, worked my way up from hostess to server, you know, kind mm. of working your way up through the restaurant industry. Um, long story short, that restaurant closed, and when it did, uh, they offered a few employees uh, the opportunity to go to other, it's sort of a small chain, um, other maxes, mm -hmm. and... The one that I only one I wanted to go to was here in Union Square, mm -hmm. and they made room for two of us to come here, and mm -hmm. that's how I got. Kind of my first step to San Francisco was like, oh, I have a job here now, so okay. I'm commuting every day. Well, I may as well move here. Yeah. So that's kind of was the first step to get my ass out here. <laughs> and when would this have been? Like 2000s or late 90s? It was 2000s. Already 2000s. Yeah, it was 2000s. Okay, early 2000s. It was like almost 20 years ago. 15 to 20. 15 years ago. 15 okay. 20 years ago. Okay. And how was that? It was awesome. I still had that magical feeling. I remember my first day starting. You know, I drove here at like 5 a.m. for the morning shift. Crossed the bridge. You know, whatever. I sat in because it's on Geary? Geary and like Mason, Mason and 
Powell. No, Mason and um, O'Farrell. It's right off Union Square. Oh, okay. It's, okay. it's by Ruby Sky, the old Ruby Sky, right. which is now August Hall. It's right next door. Right. So first day of work, I, I remember like I was really early. I went in and I got a coffee right next door. And I sat in the coffee shop and I looked out at the Kern Theater. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I work here now. You know, mm-hmm. I'm in the city. I'm right here in like the heart of everything. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do great things. <laughs> like that yeah. whole feeling again, right? Like yeah. I'm going to do something. Right. At, right before my shift at this silly <laughs> restaurant, right? I'm like, oh, I'm going to do great things. So anyway, yeah, um, yeah, that was my first day, and then I slowly kind of progressed living here after that job. You don't want to commute every day back and forth all the way there to here, so that was and my first. And started meeting people, at oh, least yeah. one that I know, oh, yeah. who's been on the show. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I met a lot of people, more yeah. included, yeah. Yeah. Did yeah. That, so, the, so then did it start feeling like maybe through the job and other stuff, like you started to have a little community here in yeah. the city? and you yeah. Yes. Yes, I always make friends peripherally, but I notice upon reflection, I'm always very focused on whatever I'm doing. So I was more work focused and had mm. goals peripherally with that, less okay. of a social life at that point. Okay. So more work, and I went back to school and was very oh. kind of focused on goals at that point. Okay, so I guess we have a little bit of gap to fill in <laughs> between that initial move and the job at Max's and then before you started yeah. here. So. Max's took me to, um, um, I was there for at least five or six years and um, worked my way up to bartending. Okay. And upon bartending, I had um, found um, a new place down the street on Mason called Farmer Brown that had just opened up. And Farmer Brown um, spoke to me in a way like sounded like a cool spot. Mm-hmm. I checked it out one day after work and I fell in love immediately. Um, it was something that I needed and um, couldn't find in the city. It, again had this feeling of um, this hub of diversity and um, inclusion and I liked the music and the decor and I really felt like it was a place that I wanted and needed to be and um, I and guess, the food like, didn't the hurt the food anything. was great the drinks yeah. were great it was a soul food restaurant um, great cocktails everything farm fresh supporting local black farmers um, it was all the stuff that I wanted to support and be about so um Eventually, I befriended some of the bartenders and was recruited to work there. Awesome. And um, that's a whole other chapter, a magical, magical chapter of meeting many people, including the father of my child right now, awesome. who I hired there. Right. Um, made amazing connections, Jay Foster and Deanna Sisson, um, who I consider to be family, mm-hmm. um, and a lot of really magical, amazing friends. Mm-hmm. Um, when I look back, it was like a very synergistic um, experience in terms of meeting people and, and what it has led to now. Farmer Brown is the reason why I have this the social study. That was Harmony Fraga. Check back Thursday when Harmony will share the story of getting the social study up and running. Music for Storied San Francisco is by Otis McDonald. Film photography is by Michelle Kilfeather. The show is produced and hosted by me, Jeff Hunt. You can find us online at storiedsf.com, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, and subscribe to the show on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. If that's Apple Podcasts or iTunes, please do us a favor and rate and review what we do. And if you have any feedback for us or you just want to say hi, our email is storiedsf at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.